As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Money Making Conversations. It's the show that shares the secrets of success experienced firsthand by marketing and branding expert Rashawn McDonald. I will know. He's given me advice on many occasions, and in case you didn't notice, I'm not broke. You know he'll be interviewing celebrity CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It's what he likes to do. It's what he likes to share. Now it's time to hear from my man, Rashawn McDonald. Money Making Conversations. Here we go. Money Making Conversation Masterclass is a show that I bring information to you. It's for everyday people. And I always tell people, you know, don't let anybody stop you from following your dream. Live your dream. Be your dream. Your dream can happen if you want it to happen. That's why I created this show. My next guest is one of the leading people uh, in the financial market. We're going to get into detail about her. But her new book helps younger savers find long-term saving success by overcoming their behavioral biases. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations Masterclass, Ann Lester. How you doing, Ann? I'm great. How about you? Well, Ann, you know, I always tell people when they come on the show, you know, talking all this financial knowledge, I need a little <laughs> background, I need a little history. What makes Ann so financially smart? Talk to us. Oh, <laughs> well, I don't know about smart, but I... Uh, <laughs> I guess I managed billions of other people's money for about uh, 25 years. Mm-hmm. Did it pretty well, um, according to some folks who gave me some awards for it, Morningstar. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reason I wrote the book, uh, uh, Your Best Financial Life, is because I made every single mistake you could make. Right. Um, and, you know, I, it took me a while to figure out how to how to not make all the mistakes I was making. Um, so for me, the book is really kind of combining what I learned after, you know, uh, I guess almost 30 year career, uh, in asset management with, you know, kind of 15 years of just stupidity. Um, and, you know, trying, trying to help people not make those same mistakes. Right. And the book you're talking about is your best financial life. Say smart now for the future you want. Cause we're always talking about the future. Is there a, and I, I know you have to answer this, but I just want to hear it out public because we always get to a certain point we think we can't save anymore. Is mm-hmm. there a lockdown point that people need to just stop talking like that because you can save at any age as long as you have a plan? Is that correct? I think it is for most people. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I think we have to be honest. Like, it, at some points in your life, you just may not, you know, you may just be scraping by to make the rent. and. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't. I don't want to say that everybody can just dig a little deeper and squeeze a little harder because there are some folks I'm sure who are listening to this who can't do that. Um, but one of the things I talk about in my book is you may not be able to do it this second, but you certainly can do it in the future. And the way you get there is to make a commitment. You make a promise to yourself that the next time your income goes up a little bit, the next time you get a little bit of money, that's what you save. Because sometimes you cannot squeeze it out of where you are right now. You know, it's really interesting because 
as you go through as as you as you gain financial success, we tend not to, you know, like for instance, if I if I operated on the lifestyle I had while I was going to college, but then I got a job, mm-hmm. then I upgraded the car, then upgraded the the apartment next to the norm in the house. We keep upgrading. We keep upgrading. Yep. And when you talk about ways to hack your brain to make saving easier, is that the hacking part to stop the upgrades that we tend to invite ourselves to when we get certain levels of financial uh, uplift? Or That's how do we? Big, is that is that what you're talking about? We to hacking the brain. A, that is a big one, right? Make sure you, you know, the rule that I give people is save at least half of every raise. And as you say, right, you, nobody wants to live the life that they were living in college, right, or their first job, right? That's just not very much fun. Um, but if you let yourself take all of your raise and use that on the brand new car, right, you were just talking about Teslas, right? You just want to go buy the fancy Tesla or the fancy whatever, right? and your whole raise goes into that new car payment, you're not getting ahead. And then the next raise you get, you're like, well, I want to remodel the kitchen, and there goes that raise again, right? So, So what you need to do is get into the habit of, not letting yourself use all of that. You know, I call it consumption creep, right? Your, your lifestyle just keeps getting better and better and better. And if you don't increase your savings rate at the same time, you're really creating a world of pain for yourself in the future because you will need to have saved more money to maintain that lifestyle when you retire, except that you're not saving anymore. <laughs> well, you, know, you know, the interesting thing, like my daughter, she called me the other day. She said, Dad, I want to come sit down with you because I always talk about, you know, honey, if you start saving early in your 20s, it's going to be a fantastic life in your 50s and 60s. It's something people told me and I kind of did it and but I didn't do it. You know, I saved and I took some money out. I saved, took some money out. And so I kept beating up the plan. I had the plan, but I kept beating it up kept pulling out and diverting it. I guess I should use the word diverting it. And now now when you sit down. What, when I sit down with my daughter, and what advice should I initially start communicating with her about the future and money? So this is the same conversation I had with my son when he graduated from college five years ago, which is you have to start saving. Um, and if you can only save a teeny tiny little bit, that's fine. And he started working for a startup that didn't offer a 401k plan. And I was like, all right, then build up your emergency fund first. Make sure you get three to six months uh, of your living expenses saved up. And that way, if that startup folds, um, you know, <laughs> you, you're not going to be freaking out um, and, and moving home. Uh, if, you know, <laughs> which you could have done, but, you know, he didn't want to. We didn't, you know, n- nobody would have liked that outcome. But, uh, right. <laughs> but, but, you know, if, if you start, you know, the building blocks, right? So that first building block is an emergency savings fund. And if you can only put in 25 or 50 bucks a week or a month, like just start, right? It builds the habit. And then you change the way you look at yourself and you're suddenly a person who is a saver, right? You're a saver and you suddenly are like, yeah, I can do this, even if it's not a lot. And then the next time you get that first raise, like he got a raise and I was like, all right, you're saving half of that. And then his emergency savings fund was built up, I don't know, not that long because he got kind of a nice raise. And so he threw all that into his emergency savings fund and then his company got bought. The company that bought him had a 401k plan. I'm like, all right, <laughs> take half of that raise that you just got and start throwing it in your 401k plan, right? That's how you get going. And if you start in your 20s, you can start really small, like one, two, three percent of your salary. And, you know, five years later, suddenly you're saving 15 or 20 percent of your salary, which is a huge number. But that's really what most people should be targeting um, out of their paychecks. And you can't do that all at once. Like, it's just too painful. 
Okay, cool. So the, the the word we keep using this word is savings, and that yep. I want to slow that down because we're not talking about the traditional saving account that you hear that has very little mm-hmm. interest return. We're talking about investing type savings. Are we? That's what we're referencing, uh, correct? A hundred percent. And I use that as a shorthand, but it's a saving and investing. It's a two step process, right? Number one, you got to save the money, and for something like your emergency savings. You could put it in the traditional bank savings account right now. You don't get paid any interest, so that's not great. And you should find a high yield savings account for that. But that should be in a place you can access it quickly. And that I would not invest that emergency savings at three to six months. I would not invest that in like the stock market. But your retirement money, right? Your long term savings, if you think you might want to buy a house in 10 years, right? If it's if you're saving money for something that's longer than five years away, you should definitely be investing that in a mix of stocks and bonds. Now, your book, Your Best Financial Life, Save mm-hmm. Smart Now for the Future You Want. Now, what I want to also look back on is that, you know, I'm older, you know, and look back on mistakes. You can't look back on the, the spilled milk decisions that you made financially because that can hurt your decision making in the future you have to really stay focused on the plan and you put that plan in place do you if you're married do you put the plan in place as as a, as a couple and you present it as an individual present it to your your, your partner how does that work <laughs> I, I wouldn't do that <laughs> I, I i don't think that'd go very well um I think, you know, ideally, this is something you talk about when you're dating. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Ideally, you like you have a, a conversation where you're creating some financial honesty with each other about what debt you might have. Right. What what kind of lifestyle you like living. You know, I talk about uh, in my book, like what kind of spender are you like? Are you a saver? Are you a spender? Are you the kind of person I call them ostriches? It's just like, I don't even want to know about it. Don't make me look are, you know, like there are different kinds of of behaviors, patterns, personalities, whatever, that we all have with money. And that's something that you and your partner should hopefully have a handle on, like before you tie the knot, like right. before you get married. Right. But, but I don't think it's ever too late to start having a conversation. The trick is, right, that money is something that a lot of people feel some shame about, some guilt about. Maybe it's something they never heard, you know, anybody talk about at home without a lot of anger or emotion. So it can get pretty uncomfortable. So, you know, I think it's it's a good idea to to try to talk about what you want to talk about and kind of create a roadmap for the conversation. And then ideally sort of say, here's what I think, here's what I feel, here's what's important to me. And, you know, if one person thinks it's really, really important to always, you know, have the newest whatever and make sure you're, you know, presenting well, like have new clothes, have, right. you know, if that's really important to you and your partner is like, you know what, I don't actually want to spend my money on that if we're not doing X or Y, like that's a negotiation and you've got to figure out how you're going to handle your finances together. That's great. Uh, now, now I'm going to tap into your mind, your financial mind. I'm going to have to ask a series of questions. Um, um, that a lot that I that I want to know about. Here's my first one: three questions to answer before you tap into your emergency savings that you've been talking about. <laughs> three of those. What 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 are those questions we should we need to answer? So, question number one is: Do I, is do I have to spend this money? Is it really an emergency? Like, like is there any way I can avoid dealing with this? Right. 
And and one of the questions is, you know, is this a, a, an unexpected emergency? Is this is this really an emergency, right? Do I have to spend the money? That's the second one. And then do I have to spend the money now? Right? Yes. Because there can, there can be an expense that's not an emergency. Like, you can, I don't know, your phone battery is dying. I talk about this a little bit in the book. Like, you need mm-hmm. a brand new phone. Mm-hmm. You can, like, limp along and, like, get a little cheap battery pack and, like, make it last, save up a couple months and then buy a new phone. If you drop it down the sewer, like, you need a new phone. Like, it blows up, you need a new phone, right? So, so it's kind of like, how do you, how do you decide what's, what's a real emergency? And that kind of um, happened to me recently, Ann, uh, you know, because it's called that splurging factor because my phone, you know, and I'm just going to be honest with everybody. I got one of those uh, fold phones, right? And it, uh, I, I, cool. and it, and it's screen cracked, right? And my insurance, because they said I dropped it, they said, hey, we're not going to cover that. Okay, so I had to, I so this was that emergency talk that you was talking about. So they said it's going to cost you five hundred and thirty dollars to repair it, or two thousand dollars to buy a new phone. That's that decision. Okay, repair new, repair new, and that's the decision that a lot of people come to. Going, is there a guarantee this repair is going to fix the problem? Well, I decided I'm going with the repair. Save me roughly $1,500. And that's what you're talking about when you're talking about that emergency savings tapping into. Is it really an emergency? Is it an emergency that you can look at and kind of like look at it uh, options until you don't tap into it? Is that an example, well, a good example there? I, maybe. I mean, the way, another way to think about it is, is it unexpected? Right. Mm-hmm. Is it unexpected, right? And, you know, is dropping your phone unexpected? Right. Yeah, I guess, right? Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. yeah, is it unexpected? You know, the second question, and I'm just going to quote from my book right now, right? Am I <laughs> if I don't spend the money? Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, you know, maybe, like, you, you need a phone, right? Like, right. you actually need a phone to function in the world. And then the third question is, am I screwed if I don't spend the money now? Right. Right. And that's that's like back to that example of the phone with the dying battery. Like right. it still works. Right. Well, I'll tell yeah, you, my it, phone with that screen was well, completely gone. And working, I'm telling right? you, I couldn't even see numbers no more. It was pretty ugly there. It was pretty ugly right. there. Then, then, then I, think, I think that <laughs> counted. I think that counted. And then, and then you had a decision. Right. Right. And, you know, do I how much of this emergency fund or like right. my immediate cash do I want right. to do I want to spend on this thing? Right. And is it is it going for the whole brand new phone or is it? trying to limp along and then maybe knowing, all right, I know I'm going to have to replace this phone sooner or later. I better start saving up. Oh, wow. It's awesome. And we're going to go to a break here. I'm talking to Ann Lester, the author of Your Best Financial Life, Save Smart Now for the Future You Want, Money Making Conversation Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. We'll be right back with more Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. Hey, everybody, welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation... 
don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Check the backseat. Check the backseat. Check the backseat. Gets in your head, right? Good. Because every year, dozens of children are forgotten in the backseat of a car by a parent or caregiver. All never thought it could happen to them. But with changes in routines, distractions, or a sleeping child, it can happen to anyone. Parked cars get hot fast and can be deadly. So get it in your head. Check the backseat. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. It is 2024. And we're going to get through this together, folks. My campaign promise to all of you here on Next Question, it's going to be a good time the whole time, we hope. I have some big news to share with you on our season premiere featuring Kris Jenner, who's got some words of wisdom for me on being a good grandmother, or in her case, a good lovey. You know, you start thinking of what you want your grandmother name to be. Like, are they going to call me grandma like I called my grandmother? So I got to choose my name, which is now lovey. I'll also be joined by Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, to name a few. So come on in and take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. I loved it. Your energy and joy. I'm squeezing every minute I can for you out of this season of Next Question. Last question, I promise. You have to go. I have to go. (laughs) But it's been so fun. And I can't wait for you to hear it. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Money Making Conversations Masterclass, hosted by Rashawn McDonald. Money Making Conversations Masterclass continues online at moneymakingconversations.com. And follow Money Making Conversations Masterclass on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald. You're listening to an interview with Ann Lester. More than 30 years, J.P. Morgan Asset Management, a retirement solutions and former head of retirement solutions at J.P. Morgan Asset Management, Management, uh, incredible award-winning uh, speaker, uh, business person. On my show today, let's talk about breaking down money, money that you're spending, money you need to save, and how you deal with that. Recently, um, I, you sent out a couple of questions, and one of the questions that popped out of my head I really needed you to explain was called subscription detox. <laughs> Seven ways to take back your finances from online subscriptions you may not even know you are paying for. Please explain to me what that is. So I talk in my book, and you can actually take a quiz about this on my website, uh, about spending types, right? So. Uh, one of the first ones I talk about, I think the first one, in fact, is called the oversubscriber. So you might not know that you may, you may not be, you know, feeling like you're spending a lot of money, you know, wasting it, but you also may not have any idea how many subscriptions you have, right? How many streaming services do you have? Mm-hmm. How many apps did you sign up for something without even knowing it? So I have a whole checklist of things you can think about to, to start getting your arms around this. So number one, Avoid auto renew. Just avoid it. Don't do it. Mm. If you can, if you can sign up for a service you think you need, 
If you're allowed to not have it automatically renewed, don't do it. That's the easiest one. Um, Another one that I like a lot and I use it myself, if you happen to have more than one credit card, and please do not go get a second credit card if you do not already have one, but if you have more than one, when you sign up for a new subscription service, use the credit card that's going to expire sooner because that way you'll get prompted to update your credit card information. And that's just an automatic break, right? It's a, it's a point where you can ask yourself, do I really need this anymore? Mm-hmm. How many times did I watch a show? Like, what am I, you know, you, you may find that you're subscribing to all kinds of stuff. Like I just went into my, if, you're, if you have an Apple phone, you can go in there and, you know, really quickly look at all the things that are there's, that you've subscribed to on apps. And sometimes you look at these things and go, I don't even remember signing up for this. I don't use this app. I deleted it from my phone. What, you know, what the heck is this bill doing? Um, you can go through your monthly credit card statements and just see what's popping up there and just go, really? Like, why am I getting charged this? Um, think about a subscription in terms of its annual cost when you sign up, right? A lot of times they'll say it's only whatever, nine ninety nine a month. Add a zero, like multiplying by 12 is a little tricky. If it's nine ninety nine, it's over 99 bucks a year. Like, do you really need to spend that money? It's 120 bucks. Like, do you really need to spend that money? Um, I think a great one for streaming is rotating your streaming services. Right. So, you know, subscribe to one, watch all the shows, cancel it, go on to another one, right? Anymore, you do not need all of them at the same time. Um, if you really feel like this is the place a lot of your money is going, just try, you know, unsubscribing from one thing a month and see what happens. Like, you may not know that you really did it. You may not miss, miss having it. Um, and then, you know, last but not least, there's some free subscription services out there that can help you get, you know, you can link up your credit card statement to it and they'll show you uh, what you're doing and maybe make it more easy for you to cancel those things automatically it's a way to track your spending and see what you were actually doing. I like that. So, That's, do you have yeah. any names of those? You know, I don't off the top of my head. And okay. to be really honest, I'm trying not to recommend things. <laughs> I'll give you generic advice. Hey, you know, yeah. when, and when you pique my curiosity, I got to go. I like I know, that. I you right there. Because I'm going to tell you, honestly, I, I'm dealing with that. I'm dealing with, you know, I'm a guy, several credit cards. I'm going to just tell you, not saying I'm bragging, but, you know, you get these credit cards for business. You get the credit cards for personal. I have a daughter, my wife. And so, and the, the number one mistake I've made is I may have a subscription on this credit card. I may have a subscription on that credit card. And so I can't track them. I can't hold everything. Like I might have my, my utility bills on this card. I might have my business utility bills on that card. So, and hearing your advice is absolutely correct. When I look at it, if I had to do it all over again, I would make sure that if I had any subscriptions, I would only put it on one card. I would make sure I only put it on one call. That way I can track it and understand it. But bad habits, you, you, you're trying to get Apple or you're trying to get Prime and you just, or, or Amazon or whatever, or any of these, any of these companies that require subscriptions, you just give them a card. And that can be a problem because in the end, you have to eventually track them down. And sometimes you're paying for stuff that you really don't need or use. Uh, Absolutely. I think think we all are, right? It's really hard to stay on top of that stuff. And 
you know, sometimes I sign up for the monthly subscription just to make it easier to cancel, even though it's more expensive, because I'm like, I don't know if I really want this. Let me try it. And they're like, you know, it's cheaper. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't. <laughs> I'm going to sign up for the annual thing, and then I'm going to totally forget about it. And then the bill's going to happen. Then I will have paid it. And then, you know, some of the good ones, like, remind you that it's coming up, but not all of them do. And, you know, the, the big number one trick move, as you know, Ann, is like, you know, these subscriptions say free sign up, but they want your credit card information. So it's not really a free sign up because if you forget, then the charge is going to hit your credit card. I tell you what I've just started doing is putting a note in my calendar, like calendar entries, cancel this, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I just signed up for one um, right after the new year. And I was just like, it. I, I checked the date that the subscription was going to kick in. And I actually put a calendar note three days before that saying, you got to cancel this because I wasn't sure I needed it and I didn't need it. So I ended up doing it. But you know, if I hadn't put the calendar entry and I totally would have forgotten to do it. So. Right. It was another note that really uh, popped my end. How student loan payments boost your credit score. I mm-hmm. never would have thought that. Please help me out. Well, you know, credit scores are based on how you, how responsibly you pay your bills. So if you've got a lease and you're paying rent, that can show up on your credit cards. If you are, you know, you have student loans that can show up and, and actually boost your you know, your uh, credit credit rating. So it actually makes a lot of sense to think about all of the things that you're paying routinely that can be reported and that absolutely gets tracked. So, you know, especially if you're in a financial pinch, you know, it doesn't make sense to start skipping some payments like that because it can really damage everything. Well, here's an interesting thing. I know I've mentioned your book, Your Best Financial Life, Save Smart Now for the Future You Want. Do you have a website, Ann? I certainly do. Thank you for asking. It's my name, AnnLester.com. So it's A-N-N-E-L-E-S-T-E-R. Now, when you go to your website, what's available on there? Is it financial advice or is it like um, newsletter information? What's on that yeah, website? You- you can sign up for a newsletter. I've actually got a quiz uh, that helps you understand your spending type, and I share some of those hacks. Like you take a little quiz, you see, are you an oversubscriber? Are you like a crypto bro? Are you a firefly? Are you an ostrich? Right? And then it'll give you a couple of hacks to, uh, to, to figure out how to get, up, get your arms around your saving and spending uh, behavior. Um, and then you can also sign up for my newsletter. And then I'll be building out some more resources, and I, I will, in fact, be adding some you know, again, with no personal recommendation, but just, you know, these are some resources out there that you may be able to, to check out and find useful. So I will be building that in. So it's wow. not there today, but it will be. Yeah. And so bottom line, writing this book, why? Why did you write the book? You know, I wrote it honestly for like, it's the book I wish I had had when I was in my 20s. Um, I, I grew up like my dad was a college professor, but, you know, there was always enough money. I don't, I don't think they had a lot of money, but my parents were born in the early thirties. Right. And they just like the thought of like budgeting and talking about like financial habits never occurred to them because you just didn't spend money on stuff. Like you just didn't. And so I never grew up with any like allowance or like sense of fixed monies. I just grew up with like, if my parents thought it was a good thing to spend money on, they spent the money. And if they didn't, they didn't. And I was like, there was never any conversation about you have a hundred dollars. You have to figure out how to spend it on X, Y, and Z. Like you have to make choices. So, and then I got a credit card and it was just terrible. So I, I made all these mistakes and I, it took me years and years and years to stop beating myself up right. and feeling shame and blaming myself for making these decisions. And I just don't, 
it's so unnecessary. Like people should not feel ashamed of the decisions they made. You said it really well earlier. You know, you just have to accept what happened and, and move on. So for me, the, the key is our brains are wired to grab stuff in front of us. Our brains are not wired to help us make rational long-term financial decisions, right? right? If they're wired to help us run away from the saber-toothed tiger. So, and, and you know, if we're, we're, we're hunting, we're supposed to grab what's in front of us and run. We're not supposed to say, hmm, what's the rational choice here, right? So just knowing that, to me, helped me understand why I kept fighting myself, right? I know I shouldn't do this, but... Wow. So... And then hack yourself, right? So I wrote it for me. I wrote it for my kids. I wrote it for my kids' friends. Like, I really want to help people not make these mistakes. I love it. Because you don't have to make them. Love it. And thank you for coming on my show. And also, I like to believe that I can bring you back because I try to, you know, you know, your advice is dead on. And I have a lot more questions I could have asked. And, uh, but time, you know, time is what time is. But I want to thank you for coming on my show and good luck with your book. And thank you for promoting your website and allowing us to be able to reach out to you in the future. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. You're fantastic. And thank everybody for listening to the show, Money Making Conversation Masterclass. As usual, I'll be back next week and you can listen to my show on uh, moneymakingconversation.com. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Money Making Conversations Masterclass. Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rushan McDonald is produced by 3815 Media Inc. More information about 3815 Media Inc. is available at 3815media.com. And always remember to lead with your gifts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Check the backseat. Check the backseat. Come here. Check the backseat. Gets in your head, right? Good. Because every year, dozens of children are forgotten in the backseat of a car by a parent or caregiver. All never thought it could happen to them. But with changes in routines, distractions, or a sleeping child, it can happen to anyone. Parked cars get hot fast and can be deadly. So get it in your head. Check the backseat. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. I've got some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring the one and only Chris Jenner. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That is very, very exciting. And that's just the beginning. We'll also be joined by podcast hosts Jay Shetty, Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, and many more. So come on in, take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.